Corey Gleed, a clinical psychologist, and I specialize in evidence-based treatment for anxiety, depression, and stress. And I'm Anna White. I'm a former Wall Street executive. I experienced severe burnout at one point in my career, and I discovered that it had a lot to do with my type C personality. Anna and I are here to educate people about type C traits, which are being pathologically nice, putting the needs of others above yours, avoiding conflict, always saying yes, and worrying excessively about disappointing other people. On each episode, we'll share personal stories and also strategies for how to live in healthier ways and how to prevent burnout. Today, we're going to be talking about medical illness and type C. First, we want to start off just talking about medical gaslighting. So this is a real challenge for a lot of people with type C. This can be when you go see a doctor and they dismiss you. They don't take you seriously. They're saying the issues that you're talking about are all just have to do with anxiety or stress, and they don't have any suggestions for you. So this can be especially challenging for people with type C who are pathologically nice. They hate upsetting other people. They don't like conflict. They think way more about other people than they do themselves. Type C people, unfortunately, they won't push back. They won't ask the doctor questions. They really struggle with asking authority figures for help or for things that they need. And so unfortunately, this will lead to not addressing the problem that they went to see the doctor for in the first place. It will also mean they might not get proper treatment. And this also can lead to lengthening the time to actually help you with what's going on and feeling better. So unfortunately, this also takes a huge mental toll. Understandably, if you go see doctors and they don't help you and they tell you that it's all in your head or it's a women's issue or it's just due to stress or anxiety, you'll start to feel hopeless or worry more. This can lead to feeling very alone and sad. Also, unfortunately, it can lead to you feeling like it's your fault or there's something wrong with you and you did something to deserve this. So we think it's so important to talk about this today. Many, many people struggle with medical issues and feeling alone and not feeling like you can help yourself with it is such a challenge, especially for people with type C. So Anna, yes, (laughs) I have a lot to say about this. And I talked on an earlier episode about, you know, when I got really burnt out during my maternity leave and I was struggling with all these things, but, you know, in a classic type C move, it took me a really long time just to admit that there was an issue. And so I let it fester for a really long time. And it finally got to the point where, okay, I just, I had to deal with it. I had to deal with it. And this is kind of bonkers because just listing the things that I was dealing with at the time, um, frequent sinus infections, insomnia, terrible fatigue. I had all these cognitive issues I've talked about, unrefreshing sleep, pelvic floor collapse, um, arthritis, and you know, one thing that I couldn't believe doctors wouldn't take seriously is that I was losing weight, which is usually a sign that something is quite wrong. Um, and just in general, I felt like I was a hundred years old and I was like 40. So, um, you know, I finally, finally dragged myself to a primary care doctor, a doctor I had never seen before, uh, an older gentleman. And I go into his office. I describe my litany of issues And I thought he was going to say, oh, my God, like what took you so long to come and see a doctor? But instead, he basically said, oh, well, you know, you're just stressed. You're a working mom. And there was a woman that worked for him in the office. And he said, you know, she gets sick all the time because she's got kids in school and they're constantly bringing home viruses. And so, you know, you're just, you know, it's kind of like her. But, you know, from my perspective, you know, he's taking my blood pressure and it was like, you know, 80 over 50. Um, you know, I, I was like, my skin was gray. He tried to draw some blood, it barely would come out. 
And I just presented myself as just sort of this like very, you know, kind of lethargic person. I just, I, I remember sitting in there just being like, how can you not see what's, what's wrong with me? And, you know, I think a lot of working moms are under stress, but when I compared myself to the people around me, I knew that they weren't struggling to the extent that I was right. So, so I just felt so dismissed and, and disappointed and hopeless. And I also felt kind of angry. Like, why do I have to prove to this guy that something is wrong with me? But what was really troubling was that he did a lot of blood work and it all came back totally fine. There was nothing wrong. Right. So then you're just kind of in this conundrum of where you start questioning your own sanity. Like, well, maybe nothing is wrong and maybe I am just stressed. And, and so anyway, I actually bucked my type C like traits at this point. And I, I thought, okay, I'm not going to accept this. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. Why? What do you think was different this time around? I was just, I was at rock bottom. Like I had to figure out something, something was not, I couldn't keep living this way. Mm-hmm. It was too, I just, I couldn't, mm-hmm. I could, I couldn't perform at work. I couldn't perform at home. And I was, I was just in a really, really bad place. And I felt horrible all day, every day. So, and that's, you know, that's something that's hard when you have these issues is on the out, on the outside, I didn't look that bad and I didn't seem that bad. And so when I would complain, which I hated complaining to people, they were like, oh, well, you look fine. Right. But I think that's just a, a standard thing when you're dealing with these things. It's like people are like, well, you, you know, you seem like you're okay. From there, I just started to, to take it more seriously. And I, and I found a few more doctors um, that did take my issues more seriously. I, along the way, I was dismissed, you know, now and then. Uh, but it, for me, it just became this journey of I just want to keep trying and I want to keep seeing if there's something out there that can help me. And this took me through the traditional medical system. I saw a lot of specialists that way. And then the alternative, more Eastern route through things like acupuncture and and that kind of thing. So, you know, I did end up in a, in a better place, but I will say one important point is just that I was a lucky person who had the insurance that would allow for me to see different doctors and specialists. And that's a luxury. And I know it. I know there are a lot of people out there that just don't have that privilege. Not that we can solve that issue, but I just want to reinforce that point. Can I just chime in here for a second? Sure. Um, you know, I just want to also talk about the fact that there are so many people who have these invisible illnesses mm-hmm. um, in the psychological world. There's a lot of people that write about what's called medically unexplained symptoms. And they're, I think they sort of cover the same categories. And I just think it's really important to realize that there are actually the majority of what people see in primary care are people that come in with these stomach issues or headache issues or brain fog, um, insomnia or rashes that really aren't clear what is causing them. And I think, unfortunately, our medical system really doesn't support doctors in feeling overwhelmed by this, right? Mm -hmm. And also, how do you talk to a patient about that? How do you meet the patient where they're at? How do you trust that the patient really may be having an issue? And if you don't know exactly what it is, how can you help them? You know, that's just something I wanted to mention. Yeah. And I would say, just from my experience, you kind of learn that doctors are strapped for time. They don't have the answers to these things. And so, you know, they just, because they don't have a good answer, they just kind of send you on your way. Yeah. And tell you, okay, we'll try this, try this, try this, you know, and, and sometimes that's a good path to go down and sometimes it's a dead end. Okay. So Anna, tell us a little bit about what you learned from this very challenging, long, long experience of yours. I think one of the most important things that I learned is in struggling with something like this, 
not to lose hope, right? There are a lot of good doctors out there that can help. And I think functional medicine doctors are just a good starting place. Talk a little bit about what a functional medicine doctor is. So it's just a more holistic approach where, you know, the, the doctor is looking at your diet, your lifestyle, your childhood, any trauma that you had, um, anything that can be leading you to the point where you are right now. And are there lifestyle changes that you need to make? They ask about your relationships, just all kinds of different factors, you know, getting into the environment that you live in. And are there any, you know, toxins or stressors that could be contributing to your issues? And, you know, mentally, where are you? Is, you know, is therapy something that you, that you're doing or something that you should be doing? So looking at everything from just a a, a higher vantage point and, and realizing that, you know, what you're struggling with, a pill might not be able to fix it. And so for me, for example, insomnia, I tried every sleep medicine out there and none of them work. They would work for maybe a night or two, but then, but then they, they wouldn't work. And so, you know, trying to understand, okay, why is your sleep cycle interrupted? What is causing it? Um, so I had some great success with functional medicine doctors. I had two in particular that were, that were fantastic and they didn't get me all the way back to hundred percent, but they made, I made incremental progress with each of them. And I think mm-hmm. that's for my, if there's a message I wanted to give is just like all of my progress was incremental at, at the margin with everything that I tried, I made a little bit of progress. So that was one thing that I learned. I also had to learn, and we talked about this before, but just, you know, that I had to, I had to believe that I knew my own body and I couldn't sort of be talked out of how I was feeling. You know, I think stress and anxiety can certainly take a big toll on you, but there can be structural things going on also, or, you know, maybe the stress and anxiety or causing structural things. So I I just, I had to believe that like, you know, that I did have issues (laughs) that I wasn't just dreaming them up and that I needed to some figure out ways to address them. And I needed, I needed support with that. It wasn't just sure. something that I could get in a hot bath and it would all go away. So there's a couple of things that I just wanted to talk about what, from my own experience, seeing a, a variety of patients over the years. I think that one thing that's really important, Anna talked about this functional medicine doctor. So I will say that having done searches for functional medicine doctors for patients of mine, It's also really important to make sure that you're getting someone who meets what you're looking for. There's a lot of functional medicine doctors out there. I don't want to necessarily go into things that, you know, people could have strong opinions about, but really try to find someone who you feel has the approach that really looks like what Anna's talking about, who looks at all of you, who thinks, who tries to figure out what's going on with you from lots of different angles. Those are the functional medicine doctors that we're talking about. And there's, there are a lot out there that have the traditional medicine background. They've, mm-hmm. you know, they've been to med school, but then they just sort of branched out into looking at other ways that can help. Like they, they've educated themselves in nutrition or some alternative therapies like acupuncture. So they can, they can look at, you know, mm-hmm. they can recommend a more holistic approach. I also think that it's really important that you don't have to go see a functional medicine doctor. Ultimately for the person with type C who really struggles with putting their needs out there, who won't cry question too much. You want to try to think of the opposite that you want to be, right? You know, you're, you're going to want to hide or not want to ask questions. And so how can you be the opposite of that? But the other thing is you kind of want a doctor who's the opposite of that too. So 
we, we very much understand that unfortunately the way the medical system works, people, you know, doctors get paid by how many patients they see. And so having a doctor who listens is a rarity, but that is what you want to look for. If there's any way you can find a doctor who really listens and maybe they are willing to say, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I want to try to figure out what it is. Or, you know, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I want you to try to go do these three things or see these three different types of doctors. Another thing that's really important is your community. It is so important when you have this invisible illness or these medically unexplained symptoms, you can feel so alone or like it's your fault. And there are so many people out there struggling with this. So it's important to open up to friends or family. Hopefully they will listen to you and believe you, but it's also really important to reach out and find support in other ways. So maybe it's a Facebook group or maybe it's a book or a podcast or um, I have a lovely patient who's involved in a great support group, actually through one of her doctors. They, it's a clinic and they run a support group for her specific issue. And that has been really helpful for her. All these things can really help support you in this journey, which can be slow and long and confusing. For people with type C, it's also really important to trust yourself. A lot of times people with type C think so much about what other people say and not making other people happy that they might listen a little bit too much to other people. So just, you can always listen to doctors and friends or you know self-help books but always just check in with yourself and really get in touch with your gut which you might be a little bit avoidant to be in touch with as a type seer and just really listen to yourself as well bring that into the conversation and speaking of gut that brings me to another story it's interesting because at one point I was diagnosed with a an, an infection of the small intestine mm. and you know I kind of took that at face value and I did the diet, which is basically eating like, you know, leaves and nuts. <laughs> but then fast forward a few years and I had a routine, you know, colonoscopy done. And the doctor said, I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing going on in there. You don't have any kind of infection. So that was interesting that, you know, and, and looking back, it was like, okay, if, if you can swing it, if you can, if you do get a diagnosis on something, just getting a second opinion and making sure that that is actually happening with you because, you know, I could have saved myself a lot of torture by, by just, you know, questioning that, but that again, that's a privilege. A lot of people, you know, with their insurance plans don't have that luxury. Um, but, but if you can swing it, and I would just say, uh, you know, just on a, another thing that, that helped me, um, as I went through this journey, you know, I was not taking care of myself when I started this journey, I was not, not eating well, I was not thinking about my health, not making it a priority. And so over the years, just really understanding what self-care means and, and, and how to approach that simple things, just like not eating processed foods, eating more fruits and vegetables, you know, making sure um, I got exercise every day, getting out in the sun more, you know, I was sitting a lot at work. And I think sitting is something that People are talking about more and more, but sitting inside all day mm -hmm. is just not healthy. And if mm -hmm. you're in an office for 10 hours a day, it's in that frigid air conditioning with those neon lights, terrible lights, it's just not good yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, just the whole type, the type C journey, the type C, you know, understanding 
how that impacted me from a health perspective and how I needed to respond differently in a lot of ways. It was very, very helpful in getting me to the next level. So a willingness to focus on yourself, to sit with nervousness or, you know, feeling anxious that that might upset other people to slow down, to spend more time on yourself so that you might not necessarily be able to do things for other people. Right. I'll also just say really quickly, some of those self-care strategies, sometimes it can feel really overwhelming, but actually some of the most effective forms of exercise are walking. Um, you can use a standing desk if possible. So things like that, you can maybe take the stairs at work instead of taking the elevator, walk to work or bike to work or walk half the way. There are a lot of ways to fit things in, particularly for a type Cer who has a hard time making time for themselves, you know, and, and also the ultimate thing is noticing, does this help things, right? The more you focus on yourself, while you can still focus a lot on other people, do you notice an improvement? Yeah, well, I think, you know, medical gaslighting, it's great that it's being talked about more and more. You see a lot of articles about it. There's some great books out there about it. So it's it's wonderful that we're seeing more awareness of it because then people understand that, you know, this this is a real thing. And if you are being dismissed by a doctor, there are ways to, you know, work around it. We have a post on our blog, typectoolbox.com, about medical gaslighting that has a lot more information. And also it has a link to a really great article in the New York Times about medical gaslighting. And uh, we have two posts, actually. We did a follow-up, and there are a couple of books uh, mentioned in that post. We'll put them in the show notes also, but they're they're really great for anybody out there struggling with chronic illness, especially if you're a woman. Everything that women have had to go through in the medical system, going back to like, you know, centuries ago, how women have been called hysterical. Right, the hysterical uterus. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It gives you a lot of comfort that, okay, yes, other people are dealing with this also. So please visit us um, at typectoolbox.com, which is our website, or you can follow us on Instagram at typectoolbox.com. Or you can email us. We'd love to hear from you if you have any stories that you want to share or if you have any questions that you want to ask related to this topic or any of the topics on our blog or if you think there's something that you, we really need to talk about. Um, you can email us at typectoolbox at gmail.com. Thank you for listening today. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It's not meant to be a substitute for mental health treatment. If you're having a mental health emergency, please dial 911. If you're looking for mental health treatment, please visit the National Alliance on Mental Illness website at NAMI, which is N-A-M-I dot org.